Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. Joining us now, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. Out on the streets, that's where we'll meet. You make it right. I always cross the line. Round and round, Jeremy, round and round. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Double B here with you. Professor knew I was going to throw him out some lyrics from an old rat song, and there's a reason for that, and we'll get to that in just a second, man. How you doing, Professor? Well, in the in the words of Jimmy Valiant, Bobby, uh, I'm low. Low, Daddy. Low. Woo. Yeah. Mercy. Yeah, maybe it's time for Big Mama to come around that limousine maybe. and pick your ass up. Well, so, you know, the the music video is well and truly dead now. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell them why I put the rat uh, tune out there? Yeah, well, uh, T- uh, Tawny Katane passed away yesterday. Yeah, sad uh, news. Now, I knew she was in the White Snake videos, but what I was not aware of, and you just told me, is that she was on some rat album covers. Yeah, that was apparently her break. Was um, She was dating a drummer. I think it's drummer. His name's Rob. Can't think of his last name. Uh, for Rat. And she was on the first two covers of that before she started, um, I guess, dating, uh, what's his name, David. Um, Covered Coppin, out. Covered, yeah. And uh, done those videos on that car. She fucked a car, man. Yeah. Basically. And uh, did those uh, gymnastic, little gymnastics routine, if you will. Very seductive routine. And, uh, man, um, just... Gone way too soon. I think she's only 59 years old. And, um, man, she was just uh, smoking hot uh, yeah. back in the day. And um, we just uh, sorry to hear that news out there in the world of entertainment, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, the, the music video has been dead for a while to me, though, for a while cause, uh, for a while now. Um, I just don't watch a lot of them. But uh, the, I don't think besides, like, Lady Gaga, I don't think they make any, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I think the last one I saw, and this this is just off crazy. I think I saw like Wrecking Ball or something with Miley Cyrus, and that just came to mind because she was on Saturday Night Live last night with Elon Musk. But um, I think that might be the last damn video I yeah. you know watched when it came out. I mean, that was just because I, I was with Melanie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, so I mean. She probably did the most rock and roll music video ever, you know, Tony Katane. And for me, this is just kind of that last nail in the coffin. Like, you know, yeah. we're losing the people who were in the videos that were hot in the day. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Bobby, here's a little here's a little piece I remembered this morning when I was dropping off flowers at my mom's. She was on the brief revival of WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, really? She was one of the DJs, yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. Didn't well, it's, I think there were only seven episodes of that, but. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, that was a fun episode we'd done uh, around Thanksgiving on WKRP. Mm-hmm. We'd, uh, turkeys away. That was fun. So, anyway, folks, if you're just tuning in to us, welcome to the program. Uh, we kind of have no topic. We're just going to have some fun today, man. We're going to talk about a couple little things. And, and, um, one of, the, one of the things I just want to bring up, we're going to talk about a couple books here in just a few minutes, but um, this week we're supposed to have um, Vinny Benny, the author of Vinny Benny, the author of uh, Last by Chance on, and uh, I spoke to him this week, and then I spoke to the professor. We didn't really have time to um, prepare, but uh, with today we're recording on Mother's Day. He had plans, and um, so yeah, we're going to have him on the show. I think he's penciled in for the 30th. Man, what a sounded really cool, Jeremy. I had a nice little 15, 20 minute talk with them. Oh, nice. Um, looking forward to having him on the program. Um, so that that was pretty cool. I'm, he sent me his number, and I was like, we've been texting, you know, you and I before this, and he had been sending you the information as well. Because I think he wrote to the administrator first. Um, and then, <coughs> um, so he's going to come on. So we're looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to, had a real good conversation with my main man, Johnny Candido out there, man, Chris Candido's brother, the late Chris Candido. And, um, he sent me a gift the other day, a book, um, no gimmicks needed. And, uh, he's going on vacation. And I said, Hey man, take your time. We're not get you until about, you know, anytime in June, probably because we want, we don't want to do authors two podcasts in a row. We want to add our top 10 in there and we're probably going to have a um we spoke about we're going to do a year the year was in there yeah uh, definitely around july 4th for sure when we record or that week rather so uh yeah so we got some authors coming on i've uh, of course read the last by chance and i think you're finishing up now 
Um, then uh, I've already started in the Candido book, and I'm I arrive on about page 56, 57, 58 when it comes to Smoky Mountain. Um, talking about doing a power bomb. Now I was intrigued. I was uh, curious how he was going to do this because I knew the book was coming out, and um, no one spoke to me about it. And I was like, "There are certain things you just can't leave out of his career, you know." Well, by God, they haven't so far. And um, it looked to me like they got their the research. Uh, I think the other, the other guy's name was John. I just spoke to him. He wrote me and told me to enjoy the book because I posted it. Um, let me see real quick here, Professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get his name right. Um, uh, give me just a hot second here. Uh, John Cosper. John Cosper is his name. He listens to the show. Um, but anyway, he said enjoy the book. He does some really good research. He says a wrestling researcher. And um, it looked like he took everything that I wrote about the suicide blonde Chris Candido out of my book. He just kind of put it in his own words, you know, yeah. and, um, paraphrased here and there. That's what, that's looked like to me what it looked like, but I was very glad. And I thought it was really, really well done. And I'm up now to where, um, he's getting ready to become a body Donna. So, um, uh, him and Tom Pritchard, he's, so he's got his big break, getting ready to go to New York. That's a, that's Dr. Tom Pritchard. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, good, good soul right there, man. Yeah, One of the good yeah. guys. Uh, speaking of, um, professional wrestlers i'm gonna throw this out there jeremy and give him a plug the uh, failure to conform to ftc art of grappling is going to have a wrestling show at the rona theater in ironton ohio on friday may the 14th um they're going to, it's going to be a student show let me tell you these students are doing really good man there's a couple girls couple young guys and they're really working their asses off and um I'm over there just kind of, you know, supervise, keep an eye on them, giving some advice or what have you. And it looks like it's going to be a really, really good show. But in addition to the students, you'll recognize some of these names. I'm going to throw it at you. Uh, Misery's going to be on a card, a big monster of a guy, man. I'd love to see this guy get a break somewhere. He's a hell of a piece of talent. A uh, big, strong, young guy and um, good good work ethic. Uh, hope he, I, I hope out somewhere and I'm I'm trying my best to, to, to find somewhere he's gonna end up going down to the performance center probably what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh Casey King and uh Jillian Hall, shout out to her. She's students and uh putting this thing together with the owner of the company over there. And then one of your personal favorites is gonna be on a show and um Hell, he might have to. I might have to record him and have him send something to you. I don't know, but uh, Jock Sampson is going to be there. Oh fuck! Yeah. Did you guys a lot of a lot of sheep in this area or something? I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, maybe. <laughs> no, he he um, he he sent me a text on. Uh, he I don't know if it's personal on my phone or or DM through Twitter. Either way, he's got both, and uh, he just said. Uh, I miss you. Looking forward to seeing you. Let's have a beer together. And of yeah. course I will. Um, I'm going to, my goal is to, uh, to go in and, and say hello to everyone and, uh, maybe give them a little speech, a little prep talk before the matches take place. And then I'm going up in the balcony and it'll probably just me myself and a guy running a hard camera up there. Uh, and I can stay distance from him and, uh, wear my mask of course. But uh, it should be a good time. Get me out of the house. Uh, back to a wrestling show. Yeah, uh, no, that'll be cool. It's um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, so this week, um, well, you know, real quick, when I, I just want to say about Jock Sampson, I was getting really weird text messages for a while. Just <laughs> shit like, just shit like, you know, like Jeremy sucks, and then like there is only one professor, Boris Malenko, oh, all God. this kind of stuff. And that's when I realized you must have given him my phone number. Because that had to be Jock. There's nobody else that could have been, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know nothing, man. <laughs> um, so, a uh, uh, couple other things wrestling related. Uh, May 29th, the uh, school, they're going to have Melina's coming to town, man. And she's doing a wrestling seminar. So if you're a wrestling student, not currently enrolled at the um, Art of Grappling School, it's uh, 40 bucks, man, for um, at 10 o'clock. Tickets are almost sold out on that. If you're a student, I think the students are uh, 20 buck tickets. But uh, Melina's coming to town, man, on a Saturday at 10 o'clock and running a, a seminar for a good portion of that day. And I'm looking forward to uh, to meeting her. I've never met her. And also see how she runs her wrestling seminar. Yeah. Um, but I think you'll appreciate this next bit of wrestling news. 
Um, got contacted the other day by ASW up in West Virginia. If all things go good, um, that's All-Star Wrestling. Um, they contacted me, and my man Shane Storm uh, will be wrestling Jerry the King Lawler. Holy smokes. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to possibly, I, I'm about 90% sure um, the, the um, everything's set in motion, and I'm going to manage Shane and go against Lawler. Hey, just uh, remind him of that time you beat him for the Smoky Mountain title. Oh, well, that's what my promo centered around. Yeah. Uh, Shane gave me a little piece of his the other evening. I got to see him in person, and he um, he gave me a blueprint what he was going to throw out there. Uh, and then I'm going to throw back out there to, to, you know, I taught Shane everything he knows, but not everything I know. But the one piece of information I shared with Shane was how to beat Jerry to King Lawler, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. If it uh, Right now it's about a 90% go, I'd say, because uh, it's not until August, and I'll keep people informed, and it's up in West Virginia. Um, so uh, I'm just taking care of all the uh, driving arrangements and uh, appearance arrangements and all that. So just just a cat out of the bag there. Um, because, That's cool. Um, That's you know, a lot can change between now and August. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, I mean, still, I mean, just getting that on the on – the, you know, penciled in for now, but yeah, yeah, you know, way to go, Shane. That's fucking That's, cool. Yeah, all right, yeah. And um, anyway, uh, what else you got for us, Professor? Uh, I got a question for you about Molina's seminar. Okay, is there going to be like a full five minutes on how to get your boyfriend in trouble by making him blank uh, Trish Stratus? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'd, I've never met her. And uh, I'm I'm curious to see how she runs her seminar. Uh, she's good friends with Jillian, and uh, they're bringing her in. They couldn't bring her in the day of the show, the 14th, and so they but they wanted to bring someone in, um, and that's who they got on the 29th. So no, it's uh, I mean that's curious. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean she had she had a pretty bright spot career there, you know. Oh yeah, good yeah. 20 years, been a businessman, and um, uh, they broke the top 100 in like 2009 or something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, she's, she, think, three-time woman's champion. I don't have in front of me right now. I had it pulled up earlier, uh, her picture, but um, on the gimmick, uh, the computer here. But um, anyway, I don't know. Uh, I think for these young students, the next opportunity to go and learn, though, from a veteran, you know. Um, like I said, Jillian's been doing a really good job with these young students. So uh be interesting to see. Um, oh, no. I mean, look, you can learn something from anybody who's been doing it for a while, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and just to just to have the exposure to the look, she's going to have picked up something you haven't. Uh, yeah. That's just there's just the way things work. Um, you know what I was shocked by, Bobby, that I discovered uh, in the last couple of weeks here? What's that? Uh, the current uh, NWA women's champion is that girl that got her head shaved with um, uh, CM Punk and then got fired for being caught drinking a beer at a bar? That's her. Oh. Um, Serena Deeb is her name. Okay. But I didn't know who she was, where she came from. Then it turns out she's been around wrestling forever, basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm waiting for them to put the strap on Thunder Rosa. <laughs> well, it's kind of kind of where it belongs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I think. So, and what we're going to kind of talk about that putting the belt on the heels. We kind of brought that up. We did bring it up last week's episode, um, and I don't know if I think a lot of our fans do get it. Uh, no one wrote me about it, but I was sitting here thinking about it. Uh, whatever night you and I spoke, uh, maybe that was Wednesday night, or Tuesday or Wednesday. Anyway. Um, I started thinking about that. The WWE slash or F slash E, what have you. Um, you know, they had Bruno, then Bachland and um, uh, Hogan. We kind of put that out there. Yeah. Uh, to each other prior to the show. And then in AWA, you had Gar- uh, Ganya there for a while, but, you know, mostly Bachwinkle. But NWA, like what our, probably our favorite, you know, through the years, um, is when they put the title on the heel. And the babyface chased that title. That's what seemed to work. That was the best formula. We were just discussing that a little. We we got into a little bit last week. Uh, you want to go into a little bit more this week? Yeah, I do. I, that's, that's actually an interesting thing. And you know, right off the bat, when you bring it up, 
<clears throat> I wonder if the NWA method works better in the NWA because your champion is going to member promotions where they are going to have a local baby face, but the WWWF and the AWA right. are just like touring versions of their own guys. Right. Yeah. And I think that's an excellent point. And I think, um, um, I don't want to, it's not exactly going to come out the way this man would say it, but Rip Rogers had a really good um, point about that, saying that he thought that the NWA champion was the best champion of all because he left the territory and went to different territories, had to work, you know, uh, putting up with uh, someone's younger brother or, the, you know, the, the very close to the top baby face till we got there to the territory and had to work the baby face, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in that main event. Also had to go an hour Broadway every night, uh, 45 to 60 minutes and sometimes 90 minutes. Um, I just heard someone, I uh, can't remember whose podcast it was, but um, uh, Briscoe was going, you know, uh, I forgot how many, he was going 20 27, 28 days uh, out of the month, and he was going like an hour Broadway three and four times per week, um, you know, for an hour when he had it. So, um, and then, then um, again, I can't remember who I was listening to. That, fuck, might have, I can't remember. It might have been, oh, I know who it was. It's Ron Fuller's pocket. He said he even left the country during that month. This was back in the um, uh, 70s. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he had to go overseas, you know, and defend the title <laughs> <laughs> and be back in the States, in, you know, the next night or whatever it was. Well, you yeah, know. yeah. So um, I think that's, uh, but again, just that, that title, like you said, you stepped outside of, it was a, it was a large territory. With, with a lot of other territories that they represented. So they, they had to be the best, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. When you think of like how the member territories in the NWA worked, they all had their local baby face who was cha- typically chasing their local regional heel mm-hmm. who had the regional title, whether it was the U S title or you know the state title, whatever it was. Right. Right. So, but then you bring through, race or flair or whoever and you throw your local hometown hero at them right and uh you know it's it's kind of surprising more of those guys didn't win huh yeah and you know I, the thing is too um i think flair even said you know <laughs> he only beat a few people at the figure four but mm-hmm. a lot of dqs in there and uh um race had a lot of broadways you know one hour did funk um so um you know, it's, they're in there just working, but the outcome of that match just. But the idea was that your your local hero could could beat. He actually had a chance for that, you know. And um, I was going to tell you this too. This is just uh, I had um, three shots at the NWA title, and the first time I got a shot against um, was right here in my hometown. I got to wrestle Chris Candido when he had the NWA title, and uh, we wrestled here at the National Guard Armory, and then. Like I said, I was reading his book. He's up to, and again, this what that wasn't in a book. It just said he fulfilled his dates for the NWA when he had that title. He got, um, but then Severin got it off of him. See, mm-hmm. uh, they put on Severin for four years. So I wrestled Severin twice, once in Charlotte and once in um, Knoxville, Tennessee. So uh, technically, I had three NWA title shots, man. But uh, you know, I wasn't penciled in. That's for sure. Um, I'd have liked to been, but but that was also at a time. Prior to them putting it on Candido, uh, is when um, uh, shit um, ECW John oh Shane Douglas uh, basically dropped it in the in the garbage and said this title's dead yeah and, and, and named himself the franchise. Now a lot of people got hot about that man back in the day, but uh, because of the as we talked about here, the prestige of the NWA title, but what a fucking hot angle that was for ECW to do and for Shane to get over as the franchise, you know, um, business is business, you know, and that, it really hadn't been that active at that point when they put it on him. So, well, no, you think about, it was only being represented really in that Northeastern area. Kind, kind of, Mm -hmm. um, and, was it Dennis Corlusa or somebody was yes. really the guy that had their hooks in it at that point? Right, right. Yeah. Um, and so when they booked uh, Douglas to win, who I don't think Corlusa wanted him to win it, right? Um, he kind of he kind of went along with it just just to like be peaceful and go along with it. I think so. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. And then so then Shane just uh, d- probably one of the coolest 
throwdowns of a title. I've, I mean, I, I know it's only happened a few times, but yeah, when yeah. he just trashes it and then he elevates the ECW title to a world world title, right? That's um, it got over. Yeah, that was big, that was big deal. And you know, and the cool thing there was, if you're gonna do it, it does make your world title a world title. If the world yeah. champion drops, you know, says I'm not excellent point. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm not doing this, you know, because that's how Vern did it too. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to kind of establish that, you know, put to, put the title on a heel and let the baby face chase him. And um, you broke it down even farther for the for the regional when you're coming in. You know, the regional guy was usually the regional champion, and he got a title shot against when Harley or Flair or someone came through that area. Yeah. So that's good stuff, man. That's yeah. good stuff. Um, I'm gonna throw this back out at you um, real quickly. Um, I'm working on a third book, as you know, mm-hmm. and that's called uh, Hey Ref, That Was a Fast Count. Um, so I'm tr- got some notes this week. I'm trying to get a little bit more discipline, sit my butt down and write. I've got a lot of notes that I'm going over, but um, I wanted to throw this out there. Uh, just in the last two weeks, I sold a book over in the UK. Now, now I've sold books there before, but someone bought a copy of Pin Me, Pay Me, and then also, I uh, hadn't seen this for a while since it first came out. I sold one in Denmark. So if you're oh. out there listening, thank you folks very much. Um, I've, I've seen them, you know, other countries before, uh, Germany, and, you know, you get your little Amazon pay stub there. They, they said they let you, it's on a, the, the publishing thing. You can see where, where the income come from. It's like, you know, like, okay, Um not bad, man. Just to, to no, that's I think cool. reaching out. I, of course, I Twittered out a lot, and that's that's why I was going to get to is give out a couple addresses here. And I don't know if I got it from if they're listening to the podcast, which I hope they are, or maybe it's just you know an avid reader or a wrestling fan that saw it on you know an ad for Amazon or something. Well, but um, if you know, you're a listener, let us know. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say you know that ninety was it like ninety eight percent of the people in Denmark speak, read, and write English. Okay. And and Danish, but I mean, it's, they yeah. all speak, read, and write English. Okay. Well, I hope they understand English because I'm going to let, you, yeah. let everyone out there know this. Um, if you'd like to get one of my books, Professor has it uh, set up real nicely where the program gets a little bit of a kickback. And when I say little folks, it is, but we we are glad when we sell a book. Um, so if you go to tinyurl.com slash Blaze Book One, you can get Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boost Will Travel. It's just take you right to the Amazon link. Um, appreciate you using that way to go through it. If you'd like to get a copy of I Kicked Out on Two, The Educational Wrestler, uh, the way the professor has that set up is real simple. TinyURL.com slash Blaze Book Two. And again, um, I appreciate the people out there purchasing the book. I know one of the students bought one uh, last week off of Amazon. Um, I had sent some down there to the Time Warp, and uh, they sell them here in town. Um, and I, you know, that's always nice to at least have a play, an outlet that you can put a physical book at. You know, um, and that's just through business uh, wrestling fans, you know, like that. Um, again, if you're out there and you did purchase it because you listen to this podcast, let us know. You can reach me at at Bobby Blaze seven forty four. You can reach the professor at the Geekish Cast, or you can get a hold of us through the joint account, which is Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter and on Facebook. Now, I'm not on Facebook, but Jeremy runs that um, and keeps an eye on it from time to time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm more of a Twitter person, and um, so anyway, let us know um, if you're out there. Also, I had a question, Jeremy. I was to, to, and that's my book plug for the week. Okay. Uh, plugging everyone else's book, we might want to plug ours, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. My question is this. Are, do we have any female listeners out there? According <laughs> according to our stats, we have a couple. A but, couple, okay. But I, I would like to know, uh, ladies, if you are listening, uh, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. Let us let us know what we could do to engage you more yeah. uh, or what you would like to uh, hear from the show. Um, Bobby, I got a question for you. Yes. Why aren't you calling your book Ref He Pulled My Mullet? <laughs> hey, Ref, he pulled my mullet. Yeah. Hey, man, that's all right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I told that story about Cleveland up here because I uh-huh. know what the fuck a mullet was. Yeah, that's a, that's good, man. Hey, Rampy pulled my mullet. I might have to go. I, I, that's going to be a story in there, right? Got to yeah. put that in there. Workshop it. Uh, check check with everybody else. See what they think. I think a title like that has some cachet, though. Oh, I, I, dude, I like it, man. Well, you know, I was just uh, uh, riding down. A, I, did, I had a, a working title for Pin Me, Pay Me, and uh, a buddy of mine just said, hey, man, I've got to take my car to Lexington. Do you want to, this is like an hour and a half ride. He said, just do you want to ride down there and back? He's a car being a shop about 30 minutes or an hour at the most, and we'll get something to eat and come back. I was like, yeah, you know, hell, nothing going on here. And um, I was just reading some, reading some notes to him. And I had a note that said, pin me, pay me, have boostable travel, or like two different separate notes. And I just threw that out there. And he said, man, that, that sounds great. <laughs> you know, for what you did and what I've read of it. You know, he had been reading little, reading little snippets. Sure. And I thought, okay, so that's how that could. So, hey, ref, he pulled my mullet. That's, that, that may, what do you say, cachet? Cachet. Like, that's got some yeah, cachet like to it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Because the thing, I mean, when, when you look at that title. That's got a very like '90s pro wrestling. I mean that 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 puts you right there. You know, you know it's <laughs> you know it's probably Southern, and it's during the '80s or '90s when the mullet was the big haircut. Yeah. and you know you're talking pro wrestling. So you know, I mean, it just has it all right there. Yeah. Not only that, mullet's just a fun word to like throw around. <laughs> uh, like what well, we talked about mullets last week, I think with Brian Pillman Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, um, anyway. I saw, I, I did see the first part of the Brian Pillman, uh, uh, vice TV okay. thing. I haven't seen the second yet though. I have not seen the second. Yet I either. did not know that his first wife, um, died like that. No, uh, dude, there's a lot of darkness on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of things I didn't know. Uh, they'd done their research. That's for sure. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm anxious to see the second part, uh, even though we know how it ends, uh, still they left you hanging right there after what was the the vehicle wreck in Miami Mm -hmm. or something. I think he's just, that's just the way it went off. He's, he just had a wreck in Miami, I think. Oh, they, I think they were teasing that that's how the next one was going to open. I oh, okay. think is what is they what did. Okay. I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, but that was a hard watch, man. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, like I said, it was on a um, Saturday night, and I, I saw it pop up my YouTube thing, and I thought, man, do I really want to watch this or not? You know, and it was like 10 o'clock, and I was like, because, you know, sometimes those things take you to dark places, you yeah. know. And I was like, um, well, it might get taken down. I might as well go ahead and watch it. So I did. And it did get taken down, I think, on Sunday. And I think I texted you on Tuesday, someone had put it, or Monday, rather, someone had put it right back up. Uh, turn, turnbuckle or something, uh, turnbuckle titles or something. They ran it again. So it was up for most of the week on YouTube, if you don't get Vice TV, you know. Yeah. So, um like I said, I just happened to come across it. So I guess the next one will be out this Thursday. So, heck, I might look for it uh, tonight or tomorrow on YouTube, see if it's up there yet. So, um, yeah, speaking that, that of, was, uh, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, no, my, please go ahead. No, I was just kind of rattling off some noise there at the end. Go right ahead. No, I was just going to say that's, uh, cannot think of who else they got coming this season, um, other than Dynamite Kid and the uh, uh, Plane Ride from Hell. Um, I can't remember who else was supposed to be on this season of, of, of that. Um, we need to do a happy side of the ring or something. Yeah. So I was just, uh, I was going, would change, would change the subject real quickly when I asked about the women. I, um, <laughs> I, I was right. I was thinking about a couple of things I got to see while I was wrestling. Mm-hmm. That you just, uh, sometimes you don't see normally. I don't know. But I, I didn't come across. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff, but I just kind of, just kind of put up my notes. A couple of them I come across uh, on the Country Music Highway US twenty three that runs north and south. Um, I was heading down south. Uh, imagine that I was heading down south, maybe. <laughs> you came across the ghost of Hank Williams, who was thumbing for a no, ride. I was, I was, I was actually heading over to Virginia, uh, not West Virginia. I was actually heading to to Tennessee. And um, anyway, dude, I saw this lady with uh, a sundress on with no underwear on out in her yard mowing a lawn. She about caught a fucking 20-car pileup. Yeah. It was on a sunny Saturday afternoon in the spring. And it's like, what? who in? She, that girl knew what the fuck she was doing, man. 
Traffic, you know, back then, I think that part of uh, 23 was only 55 miles per hour, but I think it was going about 25 miles an hour that day when the first guy came around that corner and, and went over that hill and was heading in that valley, you know, like, yeah. woo! Because um, that's what you kind of do when you go over uh, shit, uh, Jenkins Mountain over there in Kentucky and Virginia, if anyone's out there knows what I'm talking about. But it's, um, yeah, she's just out there, and it's see-through, and you could just, it was nice. It was nice, I'll say that, man. Um which reminds me of a West Virginia stripper story that I had in um, I Kicked Out on Two. <laughs> and, you know, I, I met this chick, you know, and uh, this older chick was kind of grooming the younger chick, you know. And um, so uh, I went up there on a uh, couple of days later to where the show had taken place. Uh, I had actually given them a ride home the night uh, the night before, no, on a Saturday, I gave him a ride home from the show. They only lived a few blocks from the building, so I knew the town. And uh, he said, we exchanged numbers, and they called me on Sunday night, but my phone fucking died. And But uh, I knew they lived, so I didn't even bother calling. I just got up on that Monday, and I said, I'm going to go up there and hang out with them strippers, you know. Um, uh, one of them had been a stripper and the other was wanting to be a stripper. So that's, that's the thing. And have I told you this is in West Virginia? Yes. <laughs> because, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, because, I'm, I'm waiting for that to become relevant to the rest of the story, but yeah. Well, here it is. Here's the, relevant of it. um, so, <laughs> um, the girl says, so I, I, I just called him baby girl on Sue Bob. Okay. Okay. So Sue Bob just basically explained her a little bit down on her luck and wouldn't mind a little donation for their time and services. Let me make the, make clear in this matter. I have no problem making donations, especially if I'm getting a two-for-one at the price of one deal. But before anything can happen, Sue Bob says, I need you to run me to get a pack of smokes and over there by the food bank so I can pick up our food for the week. Okay, talk about your down and out luck strippers and future escorts. I think I've just hit rock bottom. By the way, did I mention this was West Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> down on your luck strippers, man. What's worse than that? Uh, I don't know if that says anything for their stripping abilities or uh, if business was just slow or what down at the strip well, club. Fuck, isn't but, West uh, Virginia like one of the top three poorest states in the nation? I mean, not a lot of disposable yeah. income. Coal mines um, are shut down, so you can't even yeah. tip them in coal. Uh, keep I the went, house warm. Uh, so I took her. I took her. She got the smokes, and um, I took her downtown, <laughs> a little small town. And she she went in. She had some flip flops and some very short short jean shorts and a um, little uh, like a halter top, but um, covered a little bit more of her tummy, uh, but no bra. And so she goes into the community food bank, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, I'm going to get fucking punked, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm waiting for one of the boys to jump out of a camera and say, Bobby, we got you. But, but worse feeling than that was, I was like, it's, I'm parked on this main street, one of the main probably three or four streets in that town. And um, I'm thinking, it's just a matter of time for the cops show up behind me. That's what's going to happen. And I started panicking. I turned my car back on. I went through a stop sign without stopping. I did stop the red light for a hot second. I went through it. That was on 60. So I took off through 60. It was about three blocks up to where you hit the highway of 64. And I said, I'm hitting 64 east and heading home. I ran the uh, light there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was a left turn signal. I looked, nothing's <laughs> coming. I turned left there. I go under the underpass. I hit 64 East, man. I didn't stop for about 25 fucking miles until I was I was out and away from there, and I pulled into a, uh, uh, a sheets or something to, to calm my fucking self down. And I, by the time I got home, uh, later, later, another hour or so, and today, I, I laid here on my couch and I just started cracking up. I, I started writing the story for it, man. I said, you're the only fucking person to go to a stripper and, and not get laid at, at the house, you know, um, and also be that damn down on luck. So I just wanted to, to let you know about See, that. See, here's what you should have done. You should have showed up with like a block of cheese, some hot dogs. <laughs> God damn, Jeremy. <laughs> and, you know, fucking like eight, like $8 worth of groceries would have carried you for seven or eight hours, you know. Oh, man, I could, it, well, I'll say this, they they weren't bad looking at all, honestly. Uh, 
you know, they weren't tens, obviously. But the young well, girl, you know, if you just if you like nail twenty two, maybe. Hey, you if know. you nail two fives, that's a ten. Well, I, I think I would have had. I'd have probably got an eight. Oh, hey, eights are pretty I, fucking good, you know. Yeah, I probably got an eight out of them too. Um, she, the young girl, about twenty two, I think. The older girl is thirty eight, and um, I was uh, still in my forties. So um, you know. Anyway, that leads me to <laughs> something we're going to talk about. Uh, the other, ch- another story called "Dialing, uh, Dialing, Dying and a Smiling." And um, so I said, "I hope to fuck when I die." I got a stripper on one side of me to smell the greasy cheeseburger on my breath and a smile on my face. That way, when people stare at the coffin and they start to talk, you know they're going to, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Standing there talking about the dearly departed over the casket, they'll at least have something good to say about me. You know, I know they will. And I'll say something about you, too, and you know it. But, uh, hell, uh, give them something to talk about. Uh, everyone has uh, that usual talk, you know, you know. But I don't know what the fascination is because someone will say, you know, hey, you know Bubba? Well, I just was talking to him down at the bait store the other day. Uh, you know, he still owes me $10 from last year's uh, football pool. I guess I'll never see that again. <laughs> but, you know, we just talking. Jeremy and I were talking off the air the other day and just kind of getting to this dying thing. And uh, you care if I share that with you, Jeremy? <laughs> share it with the audience? Because I've not stopped thinking about it, man. Um, you, you, you know what? Can, me on it, man. can can I do? Yeah, can I do a, a story real quick about funerals? Absolutely, before? man. We're just having fun today. Yeah. I just, I just want the way you told me that. I just was like, oh shit. So, so you know, Bobby. Um, right about the time you and I were getting ready to start the show, my father passed away. Yes, sir. I remember. And he, uh, my dad died of liver failure from um, alcohol abuse. You know, a drug addiction and alcohol abuse have torn a fucking major hole through my family. That's these are no secrets. Um, so my dad passes away. It was it was ugly. It was hard. It it took a little while, and then we were getting ready to put the funeral together. So one of our second cousins gets a hold of somebody who gets a hold of me and says, "Hey." We can get the VFW hall for free, but it's a $200 deposit. But they they ask you to you know, donate some money after that. So, okay, whatever. So, I go down to the VFW hall, which is often a part of Modesto that it, there's no sidewalk. There's no street lights. Lot, that's where a lot of the immigrants kind of move to when they first get here. So, I get down there, go in, meet everybody. And they tell me, well, if you're going to have more than 50 people... You have to provide security, and I'm thinking, fucking every one of my dad's friends carries a gun. There's, I don't, I don't need to fucking. Okay, yeah, cool, whatever, you know. So I give him, I give him cash, the deposit, and all this stuff, and you know, get all set up, blah blah blah. So get down a few days later, where we're setting up for the funeral, and before we're set up inside, there's already fifty cars in the parking lot. I mean, before we're at that point, there's already fifty. Um, at the highest point, there were probably four or 500 people there. Um, what was funny, two things really struck me about this. You know, you're talking about how people have something nice to say or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, there was this table towards the back of the room that had these guys that looked like they were Arabic, maybe. Um, and I wasn't sure who the fuck they were, you know, and there's like a bunch of them too, Bob. There's like 14 dudes sitting there. Okay. And I'm just thinking, oh, you know, now my dad's friendly to everybody, so it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> that he'd have Muslim friends or Arab friends yeah. or whatever, you know. Um, after we get done kind of doing By the quick, way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. He, um, he drew a good house. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. No, he, yeah, he did. We should have charged admission. We would have done, we'd have done great. Um, yeah. Well, one of those guys comes over with a couple of the others and he goes, oh, you're, uh, you're Uncle Cliff's son. And I'm like, yeah. And they were calling him Uncle Cliff, right? And I go, yeah. Okay. And he goes, oh, well, we um, we own all the liquor stores in Ceres. That's the town my dad lived in. So we own all the li- we own all the liquor stores in Ceres. These guys are liquor store owners who found out my dad died and came to the funeral. That's, hey, that's pretty respectful, man. Yeah, they were, that's well, getting over. I, I'm wondering how many guys my dad put out of work. You know, <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, you know. Oh, um, man. Yeah, so I get a call a couple days after this, and uh, it's a lady from the VFW Hall. And she goes, I heard there were quite a few people there. I said, never more than 50. She goes, "Uh, the bartender made $1,700 in tips. I said, 50 50 very generous people. Very, very (laughs) generous people. 
<laughs> and she goes, you know, well, um, would you like your deposit back? I said, nope, just go ahead and take that as a donation, please. Said, okay. You yeah. There you go. Did the right so, thing. Good yeah. karma, man. Put yep, that out exactly. There. But yeah, yeah, my dad had a fucking full house turnout. It was it was pretty wild. Um, so, Bobby, I, I don't know how you want to get into this. Yeah, you and I had, had a long <laughs> phone conversation the other night, and somehow... My my preferred funerary practice came up. Yeah, I and, I was telling you about Steve Sharippa, motherfucks the world, okay. the talk of Sopranos, uh, uh, the talk of Sopranos. He's got a he's got a list that when he's dead and gone, that Michael Imperio is going to read of all these people he wants to go motherfuck. Now he played Bobby Baraka on the. Um, Broccolo, or whatever it was on on the Sopranos, but it, he said um, he's he's going when he's dead, he's going to motherfuck the world, and that's what started it. And I, I just threw it out at you, and I said I'm probably going to be cremated, and that's about all I got out before you started telling me uh, what what the plan is. So, well, okay, so my ex sister and my ex sister in law thinking about yeah. it. Man. <laughs> my ex sister in law worked in the funerary industry forever. I'm mean, a very yeah, long time. That's what you tell me. Yeah, and um, I always had this idea uh, that I wanted to kind of go out the way like the Plains Indians did it. You know, you build a little, a little um, pyre or whatever. A, no, it's not even a pyre because they don't burn you. But yeah, oh, basically, okay. Um, okay. a scaffold. Basically, they build a scaffold. Okay. And they wrap you in blo- mouse at death. <laughs> exactly. Wrap you in a couple blankets. They throw you up there. And then eventually you and the blankets just kind of fall apart. And the scaffold just kind of falls apart. And you go back okay. to the go back to the ground. And there you go. Okay. Which, to me, that sounded awesome. I'm like, that's exactly how I want to go. And my ex-sister-in-law says, Jeremy, they will never, ever let you do that. First <laughs> off, you've got eight days to... I, I can't can't remember the term. Basically, within eight days, that body has to be burned, buried, or sealed away somewhere. Okay. I said, all right. Well, how about if I'm cremated and thrown at people I hate? <laughs> you know, Jeremy Vilmer says goodbye, and he's just face full of fucking ash. I'm in your lungs forever now. Man. Well, you told me, and I'm like, oh, fuck, man. It's, I was just like... Because I said something like, okay, I don't know if I just want to be like on an urn, on a mantle somewhere, or if I want my ashes spread out somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you told me, you said, I'm going to fucking, I guess I'll have to be the one that does it. Um, <laughs> if you pass before I do, I'm going to have to take your fucking list of people that you hate, that you want to motherfuck, and I'm going to take a handful of your ashes. Now, some people may not get a whole handful. Some may just get a, you know, a sprinkle of it. Yeah. A sprinkle. Yeah. Like Jeremy said, fuck you, you know. But, dude, you. I, I, you just had me laughing so fucking hard about that the other day, and, I, and folks, we're just having just just some fun today talking about probably something morbid or whatever. Oh, yeah. Most of you all, but but seriously, <laughs> man, I just uh, I just started cracking up thinking, man, I've never heard that ever before. I want my ashes thrown in the pe- faces of my enemies, and I'm like, fuck, yeah. you know what? I don't want any, I don't even want the enemies, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm here's like, here's I'm the long <laughs> the long and short of that story, Bobby, is if you own a screen door, don't piss me off. That's right, man. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> It'll hit, it keeps flies mosquitoes out, but by God, it ain't keeping Jeremy Vilmer out. <laughs> nope. I'll come right oh, through that shit. thing like Adrian Adrian Adonis getting out of the closet, man. I'll be- oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> um, anyway, listen, man. I know we need to wrap things up. Uh, we didn't really talk about it. Then again, we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you have anything else we need to go over this week? Uh, um, I know we're going to come out. We like I said, as mentioned, folks, we'll get back on our top ten soon, um, our year end soon, uh, the, like we did uh, nineteen seventy eight. I think back in December, uh, October, or shit, November, December. We've done two of those at Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas. Then we've got an author coming uh, the last of this month. If all things work, uh, last Sunday of this month, we record him and put out. Um, just uh, keep your eyes new. Thanks for listening. Please share the podcast uh, wherever you download it from. Uh, let your friends know if they're wrestling fans. You know, uh, today probably wasn't our best effort. We didn't we didn't have much time to prep it, but we've still tried to have some <coughs> entertainment for you folks, and um, hopefully we did by telling a couple of stories. Professor, yeah. Uh, let's see here, guys. <laughs> if anybody out there listening, if you are a, a wrestling promoter or a wrestler. Um, and you would like to maybe arrange some time to come on the show and talk to us about what you got going on, hit us up on Twitter. 
I, I like think that. We're, yeah, I think we're going to start trying to open up to guests here and there. Okay. Um, just so we don't run into occasions like this very often. We're like, what do right. we talk about? And <laughs> backup back plan. Yeah. Um, you know, Bobby, I think we're almost a year since we've come back and we have not missed one episode. We have not been gone for one week. Uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. We done, um, I think you done one and I done one or two, uh, uh, single episodes. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, we have not missed. And of course you, Appreciate you editing and producing and getting us up on time every Tuesday. Sometimes it comes out late Monday, and I enjoy that, um, especially if I can't sleep. I just turn it on and get an early listen in, man, and it does not put me to sleep. That's not why I said that. I said it because it gives me something to do late at night. But uh, usually the first thing on Tuesday morning, I wake up and I listen to it, and uh, then I listen to it again later in the day just to kind of to make sure, okay, we're still we're still grooving, man, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, I, I, I have been happy. I mean, over the moon, fucking happy with pretty much each and every show we've put out. Well, I hope the fans are of this one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what? If you're not right. Yeah. Fucking at bell to bell blaze and let us know, man, Jeremy yeah. passed it on to me or something. Well, I don't know. You better check and make sure you don't have a screen door before you send me too much hate mail. That's right. That's I, right. I have a long memory and a long fucking fuse. <laughs> Jeez, man! Yeah, don't get Jeremy hot, folks. No, nope. get Professor hot. I will. Uh, I will wait and man. wait and wait till you have forgotten about that shit, and then I'll come back at you. <laughs> um. Well, Bobby, I think that's probably going to wrap it up, unless there was anything we wanted to hit. You know, I got a question for you as we go. Okay. And if you don't want to answer it now, or you can't think of it, that's fine. We'll pick it up next week. But the top of your head. Who is the most underrated entering performer? Now, this is specifically wrestling ability, not all around, not whatever, but just best, the most underrated wrestler you can think of. Oh, man. Current or? All time. Um, probably two people come to mind, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Armstrong and Dean Malenko. Oh yeah, that those two probably come to mind because um, just so talented in the ring. We were talking just wrestling, you know. Yeah. Um, just both of them so talented, uh, and I knew them both and worked out with them both, and um, I just I know they got pushes, you know. I know, um, you know, they both had really good bodies. Um, neither one did it outside the ring. Great interview. We know that. We discussed that uh, before on the show. But as far as wrestling ability, um, yeah, those two could go if anyone. I'll throw Bobby Eaton there as well. Uh, of course, he had a huge push at one point. But as, as a single said, he he just, um, I think in, in wrestling, you know, not the same matches over and over, better than Flair in that regard, you know. Yeah. So, uh, that, uh, yeah, I'll go with those guys. Uh, those I'll, go with, I'll go with uh, Armstrong first, though, just – just, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Brad. Yeah, you know, Brad, he, you know, you know, he was great, and he, yeah, he definitely never got the credit he deserved. Right. Um, you know, for me, unsurprisingly, Dean Malenko. Now, here's the thing, though. I think Dean Malenko is the greatest wrestler of all time, or or right. one one uh, very high on my list of just great wrestlers. Yes. So he would obviously be in there because I think once he got to the WWE, he, they just kind of fuck. They didn't know what to do with him. They just cut right. him loose. Um, that's where he could have really been a huge star if they had known how to use him. Yeah. Um, Kurt Henning is my other one. Yeah. I, I thought you might be going that direction. Yeah. I'm sure. I was, I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking about it because I was trying to figure out, I, Mike awesome was high on my list of people. I think don't get the right, no, don't get the right credit for what they did. Right. Cause mm -hmm. he, he, you know, fucking almost, what was he 300 pounds and moved like a fucking 180 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a big, strong guy. Yeah. And he was awesome, you know, but he, Kurt Henning had a much longer career and never quite got to where he, I think he should have been either. And he wasn't just a great in ring performer. Yeah. He was fucking great at everything he did. He was. We had that episode, and my brother he sent something to the um, Belt to Bell page on Henning, but um, he told me the other day we had um, we had dinner together. It was really nice. Uh, 
Cinco de Maya there. I, we had some Mexican food and enjoyed it. And we talked about what, you know, guys talk about, talk about baseball, wrestling, you know, whatever. Um, and he said uh, um, that that match, you've mentioned it, but he said, we was, we was talking about um, Mr. Perfect. And he said, hey, did you know that uh, Bockwinkle had that match with Henning? That was match of the year, I think, in 86. And Bockwinkle was 51 years old during that match. Yeah. 50 going on 51, I think it was, or he turned 51. Because we was just talking about Bockwinkle, how over he was, you know. Yep. I talked about some of the episodes that he really enjoyed, you know, some of the most recent ones he talked about of us. He was putting over the podcast, and just um, that came up, you know, where we had been talking about Henning in the past. Um, and, again, I didn't mean to, and so I'll here kind of uh, justify myself now. The bumps that guy took, man, were incredible. Um, you know, he just took some tremendous bumps in the ring, outside the ring. Uh, but also realizing that um, all the great guys he got to watch growing up and also being an athlete that he was, you know, it was just, uh, like you said, damn perfect, you know. Yeah. But um, uh, the other thing, that, kind of off that, talking about bumps, um, we've brought this up before. That fucking uh, Bobby Heenan took some crazy bumps. Yeah. Him, and we talked about Ray Stevens a couple weeks back, too. Them guys – did that bump without touching the fucking rope going over on the ground and just awesome stuff. I know we got kind of sidetracked there. I thought we was going to log off, but yeah, no, I, I, I think Kurt was a, yeah, he, he's great. Um, but I, I think he, I think he got the right push, you know, um, they done good with him. I yeah, think. but you know, I would like to have seen maybe like a, a higher profile world title run with him. Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of a shame that when he got the AWA title, right. that was yeah, I know what you're going yeah. Um, now you know when he was IC champion, I, the IC title was a fucking big deal. You know, that oh, was yeah. the that was yeah. your workhorse title back then, but right still, there, yeah, yeah. Well, Bobby, yeah, that was true. Okay. We were signing off, but uh, I had to ask that question. Fans, if you've got an opinion on who the most underrated wrestler was, in your opinion, specifically wrestler, um, hit us up. Throw us a line on Twitter. Let us know. Uh, Bobby, anything before we go? No, man. Just uh, take care of each other out there. Take care of yourself. And, um, man, hope everyone has a good week. Um, I know I'm going to try to, man. So uh, thanks for listening. Spread the word, people. It's like legs. Help spread the word. Exactly. Exactly. I'm good. Good. All right. Well, in that case, let's go ahead and wrap up. And with that, for the late Tex Johnson, myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. And you think Arn Anderson would call you one of the most underrated wrestlers? Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. Bye-bye, everybody.